where it says in Scripture that we have fullness of joy. It says that he's the Prince of Peace. Um, it's, it's quite incredible. And we do an exchange sometimes. Our heartache for his, his joy, our fears for his faith. So it's good. So I want to turn to a passage of Scripture this morning, Luke chapter 10, and, um, and verses 38 to 42. And it just is a wonderful situation that unfolded between Jesus and a couple of ladies that actually became quite close friends to Jesus. It was Mary and Martha. It, when Jesus walked the earth, they were a family of three. <clears throat> there was Mary, there was Martha, there was Lazarus. And all of them, Jesus obviously built a relationship with them. He couldn't build a relationship with everybody in, you know, uh, around Jerusalem and Galilee, but he certainly did have the disciples and that he had some other friends and people who followed him. And there was a group of ladies that were uh, um, very supportive of him. And Mary and Martha are a couple of those ladies who were supportive of Jesus' ministry. And we see the story is taken up in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. And it, because, and, and it reads as if maybe Jesus was just getting to know this family, this, this passage. Um, and that probably is the case. But Luke 10, 38, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. <coughs> Excuse me. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, he being Jesus. And then in verse 40, Martha was distracted, but it says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, um, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I don't know what you're like, but, you know, when visitors come, can you get really busy making sure the meal is just, like, perfect and delivered on time and it's not cold and it's and it made sure it's hot and it's all going well? And, you know, I see some of that in my family. I've got three sisters. I've got three daughters. I've got one wife. That's always a good thing. Um, but so I've grown up with a lot of wonderful ladies and, and at Christmas time, I see they're all busy, 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 busy. And I think Christmas is just a time where you just need to sit with each other. Mind you, I don't complain when all the food's delivered nicely, do I? But, and they've taken all the time to do that. But this is, this is the situation with Martha. She's um, a lot of preparation. Um, and can I say this? Um, Jesus doesn't rebuke her for preparing a good meal. He just, says, he just says, Martha, let's read it. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But, few th but there's a few things that are needed, or indeed only one thing's needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and I'll not, it will not be taken away from her. See what he says is, Mary chose what's better. So preparing a good meal is not wrong. It's just probably, it's a good thing just done at the wrong time. So sometimes we go through life and we, there's a lot of good things that we've got to do. 
But you've just got to choose the right time to do them because sometimes you've got to realize there's something that's better that you need to do at that moment. And sometimes the better is you just need to quiet your heart. You just need to spend some moments with, in God's presence. You just need to, before you dive into all that activity. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's sometimes we, get, we do get busy. We do get consumed by life. We wake up late, oh, rush to work, get to work, busy, 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 and we say, Lord, I'll catch up with you in lunchtime, and someone takes their time at lunch, and, 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 we just, and then we get home, and you know, everything unfolds, and dinner, and then you know, by the time you watch the news, you're just so tired, and you collapse in the bed and say, Lord, tomorrow, <laughs> I'll talk to you. We just can neglect his presence. We don't do it on purpose, but we just neglect it. that very thing that provides such a strength to us. And this is what the story is about. But it's interesting how the story unfolds. Because when we read this passage, we, we often see the reality, and it's often preached this way, that Martha, her problem was busyness. I wanted to want to tell you her problem was not busyness, folks. You may say, but just wait a second, that's what it says. No, it doesn't. Luke points out the fact that Mary is distracted with many things. And he doesn't say, it's, as I said, wrong to be doing what she's doing. She was just doing a good thing at the wrong time. When Jesus does speak to Martha, he doesn't mention that Martha was too busy. But often, um, but what he's saying, it's not busyness, Martha, that's your problem. He actually says, you're anxious and upset about many things. In other words, the problem Jesus identified here, as he identifies so well in all of us, is not the busyness, it's stress and concern and worry, and it just wasn't about worry about preparing the meal for Martha, it was worry about a lot of other things that we are not given privilege to know about here, but obviously Martha, I think Martha had something of a habitual um, worriness about her. I think, about, I think Martha had a, a, a leaning towards worry more than probably not worrying. Would you, know what, would you agree this morning? Because it says you're worried and upset about many things, Martha. Now, the truth is a result of sometimes anxiety and worry is busyness. Because we just sometimes we're so concerned, so consumed, so stressed... And, and, and we think, just to keep my mind active, I'll just keep busy, 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 busy. I don't want to think about that, to, to, keep, to keep that stress out of my heart, well, just get busy. And that can be a problem. I think that was Martha's problem. And, and maybe today we could identify with that. Um, because as we look at her conversation with Jesus before Jesus spoke to her, you've got to see some some of the, some of the issues of, of, of worry and anxiety. Because really when you look at Martha, she... We see the, the, the signs of anxiety because she questions, first of all, she questions Jesus, the Son of God, and whether she realized he was the Son of God at that stage, I don't know, but she questions Jesus over his ability to care for her. He says, don't you not care for me? Now, I love it because I think God loves you to ask questions like that. Because I think God wants to give you an, opp he wants an opportunity to answer them. God, are you good? God, I'm having a struggle. God, I've got difficulty right now, and it doesn't look like you're caring for me. You know, I think God loves honesty, as long as you're willing to hear his honesty back to you. And so, so, Jesus, so Martha questions the son. He says, don't you care for me? See, anxiety, worry can cause us to feel unloved, uncared for. 
even make us feel a little bit like a victim sometimes. We, be, we, we embrace that victim mentality. Well, no one cares. No one cares for me here. I've, I've come to an understanding, if I ever feel that way, go and care for someone. Do the very thing that you don't think is happening to you. It's amazing how you can change your attitudes. But also, um, she blames, not only does she say that to Jesus, but then she blames her sister for a situation. She says, this, Mary's left me to do all the work, she says to Jesus. See, anxiety causes us to shift the blame. It's a blame shifter. So consumed, so upset about stuff. Well, it's their fault. Uh, I've thought that. Maybe I've not said it so many times. Well, it's their fault that I'm in this situation this morning. And if only you'd pause for a moment and just contemplate the realities. And then if it wasn't enough, um, after she's said those type of things, she then asked Jesus, I mean, she accused Jesus of being uncaring, and yet Jesus' response to her was caring and understanding. He didn't call down fire from heaven and consume her. Sometimes you think he didn't hit her with something really big. No, he cared and he understood and he reached out to her. But she says to Jesus, she actually wants Jesus to shoot her bullets. She says, go and get Mary and tell her to help me. You ever asked anybody else to do that? Do your dirty work? It's a sign sometimes of worry and anxiety. See, anxiety and worry cause us to do many unreasonable things at times. And, and Jesus' response was caring and understanding. And, and I love, you know, they, they, someone once said this to me and I thought it was so true. Worry is like sitting on your veranda in a rocking chair a lot, rocking back and forwards, a lot of activity, but you don't go anywhere. It's true, isn't it? That's what worry and anxiety are like. And stress. It just leads nowhere, but there's a lot of activity going on in your brain, in your heart, in your mind. And it's heavy upon us sometimes. So the good thing about this is Jesus gives Martha an answer to her situation he gives her an answer to the worry because he said you're worried and you're upset about many things and then he and he and he gives her the answer and in the he shows her the answer through her sister mary and mary he says has chosen the better thing to do what was the better thing in this instance was sit and listen to jesus sit and listen to jesus just be in his what presence just be in his presence. It brings, and it brings up a reality for me and probably for all of us this today. The struggle we can have to spend time in God's presence, or, or we may call it spending time with God, or we may call it a quiet time, or whatever you want to call it, but just being in that place where you and God connect. Now, the reality is Mary and Martha had a physical Jesus. We don't have a physical Jesus today. But he did send the Holy Spirit, which I actually think is a good thing because I think if we had a physical Jesus, we'd be always looking for Jesus to make you know, this, this man and to rectify every issue, every problem, every circumstance. Instead of us calling upon God ourselves, we could have him real close. To be honest, but he was only one man. He couldn't be everywhere at once. But thankfully, the presence of God today can be everywhere, every place. Did you know the presence of God is actually in the Baptist church this morning? 
Did you know the presence of God is it probably even in that Anglican church if there's a heart who are worshipping him this morning? Come on. Do you know the presence of God can be everywhere at all places? You know, the presence of God can be every place where people's hearts are responsive. It's not a building. It's you that his presence wants to settle in. And so we, I think it's a good thing we haven't got a physical Jesus, but we've got the presence. And, and to, to be honest about it, you know, when you have a meal... You enjoy the food, but it's not the. It's it, it's. You don't sit there and worship the plate of food. You eat it, and it does you good on the inside. And when we come to God, while we may worship Him, it, it's not the. It's not a physical being that we need. It's His presence inside us that we need that does something wonderful. It's His presence that does something incredible, and it amazes me. You know the struggle we can have, and. He, and maybe struggles too harsh a word, but just that continuing, it's, it's not something we need to be condemned about. It's just something that we need to find. We need to balance our time between what our body needs, what our, you know, our spiritual man needs, what our mind needs. But I so often find that you know, when, you get your, when you allow the Holy Ghost and just spend that moment there, he affects everything else about me, by body, mind, soul, and spirit. He affects everything else. Because when my spiritual man is healthy, often I then make good decisions about what I do with my body and what I eat and how I live life and, you know, everything else and who I communicate with and what I do. And even my activities, I then able to better locate everything that I need to do in a, in, in a good frame time and not just try and do everything at once. So spiritual man healthy, everything else seems to be so much better. So it amazes me about how we expect things to change in our lives from anxiety to peace and from fear to joy, and yet never give time to the Prince of Peace. It amazes I'm I'm talking about myself. I, I just think, my, James, what have you been doing this week? You got this little bit of concern about this. You know why? You haven't bothered to transfer it over to him. You haven't bothered to give him time. It's just, he's the Prince of Peace. Or, or as the Bible says, in his presence there's fullness of joy, you know, lacking in joy. And it's not a joy, ha ha, let's, you know, let's throw some streamers around. And that's all good and nice, but it's joy that is just, ha, ah, just, I'm a joy. There's a joy there. There's a peace there. So Jesus says to, to Martha, Mary's chosen the better thing, and the better thing. It's just sitting in my presence. I think maybe if Martha had sat with Mary and they'd spent some time in conversation and in communication in the presence of Jesus, maybe then, then they both could have got up and they could have prepared the meal. Jesus wasn't in a hurry. You know, there was no time schedule maybe to meet. You know, he was happy to sit there and relax and talk. And then they prepared the meal and, he could, and then they could have that together. But, you know, Martha didn't see it that way. Mary did. And Jesus says, Mary's chosen the better way. And Martha, you know what? It's the better thing. And so my question this morning is, is why is being in Jesus' presence the better thing? Now, I've intimated and talked about it a little bit already, but let's... That question, why is 
God's presence the better thing than a lot of things you could do. It's the better thing. It's not necessarily um, the other things you do aren't good. It's just that his presence is the better thing sometimes in in a 24-hour period if you can connect with him. We need to refuel. We need to refire. We need to refresh. Come on. We need him, don't we? Um, Because I drain pretty quickly. You know? We, we need him. As I thought of that question about, you know, what's the better thing? Why is it God's presence is the better thing? I had another question. We were created, why were we created to sleep every, in every 24-hour period? You ever thought about that? Why were we created to sleep in every 24-hour period? Well, the answer is, you know, the answer. They tell us that, to be honest, the human body can only go for three days without some type of rest before it actually starts to damage ourselves. Okay? I don't know exactly how but you know things can start to be compromised within our organs and bodies when we haven't had sleep for you know what is it three days whatever that is in hours so because sleep allows our body to repair itself doesn't it it allows our body to regenerate it allows the body to refuel to renew itself but sleep this is what sleep does not do always sleep does not renew our emotional or inner thoughts or deal with our concerns and worries or help us to have peace or joy we know people can go to sleep and with worries and wake up with worries is that true you know, in fact, sometimes you can't get to sleep because of the worries. So while we, we can renew our, our physical body with sleep, but sleep doesn't renew our inner man, inner lady, to be politically correct. It doesn't renew us inside. Sleep does a wonderful thing for our physical. Why not the spirit? Why don't you give time to the spirit of God to renew your inner person, his presence? You live life so much more joyful and happier. Paul actually said something about this, very significant. Romans 12, chapter 2, you know this one, a lot of you. It just says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed, sorry, but be transformed, come on, by the renewing of your mind. Paul was saying there's there's plenty of opportunity for this world to give you anger, frustration, jealousy, unforgiveness, Worry, anxiety, plenty of opportunity in every day. <laughs> you go to work, there's an opportunity to get upset with someone. You go to school, there's an opportunity to get upset with them. You go home, there's an opportunity to get upset with someone. Come on, husbands and wives, did you forgive each other this week? Did you? Or you still got some things hanging over your head? Come on. Would you like us just to pause for a moment and have a chat to each other? Are you good, Stu? Oh, sorry, there she is. <laughs> you must be doing well. You got arm around her? Not, hey, that one. Paul was, uh, what? Now you got problems? Definitely. Yeah, counsel you later. Paul was saying there's plenty of opportunity in this world to give you stuff. But Paul says, come on, don't conform to what the world wants to put on you, but allow your mind to be renewed. You know, you'll only find that in in that moment of time where you actually just spend time in talking to God, relating to a community, in that presence. However, you know, opening the Word of God, isn't it amazing how many times He just wants to speak to your heart just as you open His Word and His truth? He wants to give you some strength for the day. For the life you're going to lead. So I, I, let's be honest. You know, we can only live in the Martha mindset for so long before something's got to give. 
anxiety and worry. And, and right there, Martha leading up to this moment in this situation, I think she'd been upset about many things and, and she's worried about many things and I think something gave. But it was a good and safe place to give for it to give up because she, she got angry and she got angry with Jesus. She got angry with her sister and Jesus comes back with an Isn't it great when God sees the reality of what we're facing? That's why you need to communicate with him. Just tell him, I'm angry, I'm upset. You know, God is a God that just wants to minister into that which you feel. And if Martha's situation, he, it, everything kind of come crumbling down in the presence of Jesus, I think that's where we need to bring it. We feel like we're crumbling, why don't bring him? He's, he's incredibly good at take the, the bits and pieces that feel like they're broken and just putting them back together in his presence, in his time with him. So what, what starts to give up with, with Martha, obviously, is her worry and anxiety, her physical health. Uh, you know, well, our physical health can be affected by worry, anxiety. Our mental health can be affected. Ability to continue to even do what we do on a daily basis can be affected. And, he, and there comes a time where we need to renew our inner person. Paul says, come on, renew your mind. We have to, have to strengthen our inner resolve and our emotions sometime. You've got to give space for that. You give space for work. You give space for other relationships. You've got to give space for the heavenly. You've got to put some margins in there. If you, got, if you say you're going to spend 20 minutes with God, why don't you give 20 minutes either side so you're not rushing if you're going to spend an hour, why don't you give half an hour either side so you've got, you're not rushing. You just find that space. If you ever come here on a Tuesday and find me walking up in the back paddock up there, it's okay. I've just given space to God. <laughs> Is that cool? I was walking in the car park one day with my hoodie on, a black one. Police were driving down the road there. They came, came into the car park and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm actually praying. Oh, Oh, who are you? I'm the pastor. Oh, that's good. Have a good day. I said, <laughs> I said, thank you. I said, I said to him, thank you for being so concerned about people who look mysterious and weird. Because <laughs> we'd had some break-ins in the church anyway. Praise God for our police, hey. King David put it this way. King David, you remember the little fella who grew up to be a king, killed Goliath? He said, Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. He said, be of good courage, and, you sh and, and he, God, shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I love this thought. The word heart means center for everything that comes out of you. Our emotions, our attitudes, our feelings, that sounds like a better prescription than a doctor can give you. It does, doesn't it? And it's interesting, David was a warrior. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a great fighter. I don't think he was incredibly big. He, he was probably only, you know, not real big man. But you know what? He could handle the sword. He could handle the sling. He could direct an army. He was, there was some strength and physical strength to, to, to do that. And I love what David says. He says, come on, if you, if you wait on the Lord and be of good courage, you know what? It'll strengthen your, not your outer man, but it'll strengthen your heart. You know David's real strength? was his strength of character come through those times he spent in, in that place with God. He says it'll strengthen your heart. Some of us need to, you know, physically we're doing fine, but we've got to strengthen our heart. Hey, Nick, can I ask you for a drink of water? Thanks, buddy. I was just, um, some of us went down the B2B this morning, bridge to Botanic. Um, it was 8Ks, and I've just realized I'm getting a bit thirsty. So... <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, Isaiah shares a similar thought. 
I love what Isaiah, the prophet, hundreds and hundreds of, oh, you're a champion, mate. Do you know you're blessed, the Bible says, if you give a drink of water to a person who need cold water, amen. Oh, that feels good, thank you. Isaiah, the prophet, hundreds of years ago, he said this. He knew what he was talking about. This is before Jesus came on the earth. It says, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their what? strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles and they'll run and not be weary and they'll walk and not faint oh wow i'd love to be you know i think we need to be a little bit you know more like the eagle than the turkey you know because when you wander around just picking at the ground i tell you it's not that exciting but you know god wants you just to rise up and in his presence you just start to get some wings have you grown your wings yet because you can be eagle-like Eagles have an incredible ability to soar above the storm, aren't they? They don't see the storm as a problem. It takes them higher. It takes, they see it as an opportunity to go even higher. I, I love what Isaiah says. Those who wait on renew their strength. It's not this physical. It's the inner strength we need, his presence. The word wait means to bind together. Those who wait on the Lord will bind themselves. And so we, we wait on things. It gives attention. We will connect with and cling to. So we wait on the Lord to literally bind ourselves to him <clears throat> so that his thoughts become your thoughts. His joy becomes your joy. His attitudes become your attitudes. We bind ourselves. We wait. When we do these things, not with a neg- so our negative eye becomes the eye of faith. And when we do these things, anxiety and worry are not parked in our lives. They may visit, but they don't, will not reside. When we do these things, we wait on him. We're able to build relationship with others and love people. Isn't that a novelty? Actually, love other people. I think that, well, it isn't a novelty, but it, it's a good thing. When we wait on him, we, we'll not be so self-centered. When we wait on him, we'll, we'll have better marriages. When we wait on him, we'll have better relationships, maybe with our children and our children with our parents. When we, when we start to do these things, we actually start to live in God's will for our lives. When we start to do these things, um, um, uh, we'll find that our daily struggles are not so much uh, struggles anymore, but they're, they're little just speed bumps that we get over and keep on moving. It all comes out of that, that moment of His presence. You know, I, I find it interesting because Martha was the one who invited Jesus initially to her house in verse 38 she it says the script he she invited jesus into a house who invites someone into the house and then leaves them and doesn't spend time in their presence talking to them hey you have people over for dinner sit in the lounge see you later we'll call you when the meal's ready no someone you spend time in the presence of them don't you you talk to them that was the whole idea you prepare the meal before you get there you talk to them spend time and then you deliver them you know it makes sense i know it doesn't always work perfectly like that who invites a guest to their home and then neglects to engage them or be in their presence that's what martha did the whole reason for jesus coming was to be with him um and i find that i we sometimes we love to have jesus in our presence but we fail then to engage in his you know jesus if you just hang around I'll call you when I need, but just keep at arm's length. I know, you know the story. When I'm really in need, that's when I need you. Then I hope you'll be there. So I love it when, I, when you're in my presence. But you know what? 
He just says, would you be in my presence? He says, would you kind of reverse that? Because in, in my presence is the, is the joy and the peace you need. It's, you know, and I love being in your presence because he created us. And he cares for us. He understands us. But it's got to be a two-way thing. No one rings up and just does a monologue, hey, on the phone. You got to, it's got to be a dialogue. It's got to be back and forwards. And so we see we don't invite. Martha is not a good example of um, all that. And when we sit in his presence... The transfer happens in the beauty for ashes and the garments of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness and grief happens and, 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 and uh, the oil for the joy of mourning or grieving. I love that. That's uh, Isaiah 61.3. You know, Jesus was born into this world and they called him Emmanuel. God with us. God's greatest passion was to restore relationship with you and me because he knew we needed it. And that hasn't changed. God's presence has always been available for us to engage in. Can I have the musos guys just come up this morning? I was uh, sitting um, three years ago, four years ago, sorry, it was four years ago, I believe that I um, was on, been to the Philippines with a couple of evangelists, Pastor Dion and Charmaine Hockey, and we had just spent an intense couple of weeks. It was a great couple of meetings every night for two weeks in the Philippines, and we'd travel around the island of Leyte, and we just had a great time. Michelle and Lydia were with me, and, and as a group of five, we just continued to minister in love and care. It was a great time. Pastor Margaret is our um, resident missionary there from our church who we support, but after two weeks, we we flew back to Manila, domestic flight, and there was one thing that we were looking for after that, um, after that time away. You know, in the Philippines, my brothers and sisters, our Filipino folk, Australian Filipinos, you know that rice is really good, but, you know, two weeks of it for an Aussie is a bit... Is that okay? <laughs> Efron, hey, you know. I love... I have rice every week, but just not every day. That's okay. <laughs> So we were looking for something that was, we're looking for a steak. We're looking for a bit of cow. And so we went to a shopping center in Manila. It was the Mall of Asia. It's the really big one. You know that one? It's enormous. They say it's the second biggest shopping center in the world. And we found, uh, we found a restaurant looking over the Manila Bay. It was beautiful. And we went into the restaurant and we could see steak was on the menu. So we went in there and there was no one else in the restaurant. We thought that's unusual. But when you've got no one else in the restaurant, the Filipinos are incredibly hospitable. And so we had literally three waiters stand around us waiting, waiting on us for our every need was met. As soon as we sat down, they filled our water. As soon as our, water, our cup was empty of water, they'd fill it. Both of them. Yeah, good. That's okay. Where were we? So we were sitting there at the table, and they brought over 
they thought it might be a bit hot for us Aussies because we feel the heat a bit. And they brought over this portable air conditioner and planted it right there so this gentle breeze blew on us. And, oh, incredible. And then when the meals come out, they come with covers on top and they set them down and, and we enjoyed this steak. And three waiters stood no more than three meters from us just trying not to... But every need was met. Uh, you know, you, you want a coffee? Oh, yeah, we'll get coffee like that, you know, or, or tea. Um, everything was met. And then when our meals were finished, they within moments had taken the plate away so we didn't have to look at a dirty plate. And, and you know, they were just incredibly I was just there all the moment. The truth is there was no one else in the restaurant. So they probably thought, well, we'll make, we've got to keep busy. So we'll just make sure this couple get waited on. And we'll just kind of stand at a distance, but just be in their presence so everything is met. I want to ask you this morning, I want to encourage you. So, when we, that moment in that restaurant maybe realized something that the their presence was evident. They didn't intrude on us. They didn't try and force anything upon us, but they were there to meet our every need. I want to say, do you know, <clears throat> do you know the presence of God like that? Where, you, you know, he knows your need before you ask him, but he loves you to ask him anyway. And the truth is, is that, do you, do you know his whisper of his voice? Because it says he, he'll, he'll speak in that silent moment into your heart. I've had that happen several times, many times through life. And I think, God, that's true. That's you. But it's, it's, it's becoming, see, you've got to create a habit. You've got to create a habit that God knows, hey, I'm going to meet you there tomorrow again. Because God's got things to tell you. God's got things to encourage you. God's got things to strengthen you with. And he, he stands at a distance. He's not going to intrude, but it says in Revelations and 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. Hey, the door hasn't got a handle on the outside. He's knocking. You've got to open it from the inside. He stands just at that distance. And you're, he wants to meet your needs. He wants to meet your every situation. But you've got to invite him. You've got to ask him. You've got to engage with him. It's like any relationship. If it's going to work, it's got to be something that is two-way. So this morning, we're going to sing this last song. And as we sing this last song, I want to encourage you to consider your week. Have you, have you factored time into this week to make space for God? Just to be in that place. Because I, I, I would encourage you and I would suggest you that you'll find you'll be in a better space when you put God in your space. You'll be in a better frame of mind when you allow God into your frame of mind. So for a moment before we close the service this morning, could we stand together um, and we're going to worship just one more time. And I want to invite you, if, if you're here this morning and you just know that, <coughs> that we, you need to come and just say, Father, afresh, I just need you in my life. I just invite your presence. Now you could do that where you're standing, that's cool. But maybe today you just need to make some response to him and just say, Hey, afresh today, and, and, and just come and stand along the front here and just worship him. And just make a moment and a time and place where you just come and say, Father, invade my space. I need you. I come here today and I hand over life. And, and, and I believe there's, there's um, you know, sometimes our faith can be here, but sometimes action needs to take place and we need to step out and do something. And I think that's an opportunity today. We're going to worship and we're not going to pray for you. We're just going to ask you just to come and let God be God in your life and just 
Is that cool? As we worship, you might like to just stand. You, know, you say, oh, that's a bit scary. People will see me. Well, you know, that's cool because it really doesn't matter. It's what God sees. It's what God sees, his heart towards you. So come on, let's sing this beautiful song this morning. Just for a moment as we just spend some time saying, Father. Your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest nights You were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good Cause every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. You know what? You know this morning. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you It's running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I'll give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. 
You know, as we just come, um, it just, we just, we'll go through the chorus again and just worship Him for a moment longer. But maybe today there's someone you need to stand in the gap for. I just felt strongly that we're just not believing for ourselves but for other people. So I invite you just to come and just stand and cry out to God this morning for a moment for them as well. Come on, let's just sing it again and let's just uplift His name. Worship Him. Thank you, Lord. All my life you have been faithful. 